a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level entire area. Scarier than I was on Good Morning America last week. Uh, not because I have a Ponzi scheme and I was uh, arrested. And don't read into that comment. Uh, but because I was doing a segment helping a family deal with some financial planning issues, and I, of course, uh, anytime you're uh, in the newspaper, just so you know, anytime you're in the newspaper or on a TV or radio of any significance, what happens is people send you crappy email. So I'm guessing this was not a problem prior to the 1990s when email became popular. I don't know if people just would write you a crappy letter, uh, but uh, but now they send you crappy email. I, I got an email, uh, subject line, saw you on Good Morning America. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be filled with compliments, I said to myself. Uh, so subject line, uh, saw you in Good Morning America. Body, dear Pete, I hate your jacket. I, I hate your jacket was the comment. So anyway, I was like, Good Morning America. This week on the podcast, uh, we were talking to a, a man who uh, in 18 months went from supporting two people on two full-time full incomes to supporting five people on one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they have a one full-time income and one part-time income and three kids. So get ready for uh, your blood pressure to go up, because mine did on this uh, uh, episode. A lot going on. And in about two weeks, I've got something exciting uh, for you. Uh, so stay tuned. You'll see that. Two weeks. Million Dollar Plan with Pete the Planner. Here is today's wonderful guest, and his name is Ed. Stop what you're doing, man. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Talk to my fans again. Renew my brand again. Review the plan again. We welcome Ed to the Million Dollar Plan. Hello, Ed. Hi, Pete. Uh, so you've uh, ha- had some interesting changes. You're one of the folks that when I do open phone lines from time to time, you and I have actually spoken on the phone randomly together a few months back. Uh, and uh, not that I didn't fix your problem, but we want to extend the conversation and make sure that uh, you're getting all the answers to your questions. So give us your financial life in a nutshell, Ed. Um, well, the the biggest, we've had a recent change in our financial life, and that's that um, my wife has gone back to work. Uh, part-time now and so we've got her income and we're kind of trying to figure out you know how much of it can we spend how much more do we need to invest towards retirement and should we be putting more away for uh, kids college so from what I understand what happened uh, happened was you went from two full incomes down to one because of a family situation and then now you're back up to two yeah or about one and a half Okay, and so does the the one income? I assume that is that yours, and it uh, satisfies 
uh, all of your bills and those sorts of things? Yeah, it does. And then on top of that, is your income, is it able to put money towards other financial priorities for the future, or is the second income the only one that does that? Um, We we cut back. Um, I I wanted to try to uh, continue to save towards the future without uh, completely, you know, I didn't want to completely cut it out, um, but we did we did cut back. Um, but we have been able to, um, you know, accomplish our our goals uh, over the last few years while she's been off of work. So you guys are how how old are the both of you? Uh, we are both about thirty eight. All right, and then where's what's the proof in the pudding? How much uh, how much money do you have set aside for retirement right now, Ed? Right now, our retirement's at about three thirty. Three hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah. And then, how much of that has to do with your efforts versus maybe an inheritance or something like that? Um, about two ninety is is strictly us. Okay, and then you got a little bit of an inheritance on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then, how much on a monthly basis right now is going toward retirement? Right now, about fifteen hundred. 1500 a month of that does that include what uh, your employer is doing as well no it doesn't um i'm on a pension plan so um that's not uh i'm not vested yet so i, I kind of don't even I, I don't include that right now so your million dollar day is october 3rd of 2026 october 23rd uh, or actually october 3rd of 2026 let me reconfirm this uh, October 3rd of 2026. Does that seem close or does it seem far away yet to you? Uh, it actually seems uh, closer than, than what I thought it would be. Well, that's a good thing, right? Uh, as long as you... Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> and then are you trying to determine how much of your wife's income uh, would then go that direction as well? Is that part of this whole discussion? Yeah. Now, part of the discussion as well is uh, you have some children, and you're trying to fund college appropriately. How many kids do you have? I have three. Three, and what are their ages? They are eight, eight, and six, and they are all going to be starting college within 12 months of each other. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know some people that have a few kids, you know, at least they you know, they may be staggered by three or four years so that you could concentrate on paying for one while the other one is still in high school or, um, you know, already graduated from college. Yeah, ours are all going to be starting within a year of each other. And then what have you done so far to plan for that? Um, we started uh, 529s um, when each one of them was born, um, and I'm funding it through a, a direct deposit through my work um and i i think the last the last time i checked um they're all right around fifteen thousand. okay so obviously at eight eight and six uh if they're at fifteen thousand now and you're regularly putting money into them at your current pace and this shouldn't be a surprise to you ed you're not going to fully fund college uh is that your is it your intent to to do so is it your intent to try to do as much as you can, as people often say, or, or what? What's the real goal here? Um, I mean, the, the ultimate goal would be to pay for all of it, um, and then uh, you know, I mean, we're we're going to do what we can to control the cost as far as um, in-state schools and 
uh, you know, not not private schools. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we want to pay for as much as we can. Hopefully, that's all of it. Um, we're hoping that as the kids get older, we're able to eliminate some additional liabilities and maybe then uh, have the income to do it. What's your financial reality like right now in terms of how much money do you have on hand for emergencies? Um, we have about 20 set aside for emergencies right now. Um, that's about, uh, you know, three to six months of, of what we take, or well, of, of what our expenses are. So is it safe to say that right now uh, things are going well financially? I mean, that's the way, at least from a quick glance, that I view your situation. Yeah, I, I think things are going pretty well. I mean, if uh, the, the, the biggest thing, one of the things for us right now is, like I said, the, you know, the, the fact that there's, there's no in-between time on the kids starting college. And um, the, the other issue then is, you know, just the, the rate that uh, the rate that tuition has increased over the last few years and trying to, I mean, basically, you know, with the cost of college has gone up faster than our investments can, can go up. So um, the fact trying, trying to use, uh, use our income to actually overcome that difference and, and get enough put aside for, you know, three kids to go to school. How much does your wife's income, like how much can you all right now dedicate towards your financial goals? Um, I mean, at, at least half of it. She's in a, she's in an interesting position, um, where, um, she's only, she's only getting paid for a portion of the year. Um, and then, and then during, during the rest of the year, she doesn't receive an income. So, um, we talked about that and, and decided, Hey, look, we don't, you know, I know you, you use the term, uh, lifestyle creep. And I was telling her, look, we, we can't just suck up this income and, and use it on, you know, expenses. And then, you know, come, July, you, we don't have that money anymore, and we become dependent on it. Um, so we are trying to, basically, we're trying to save a majority of her check. Um, a portion of it goes towards the kids' college, um, and then we're using it to save for uh, future purchases um, that we don't have any uh, commitment to right now. We don't have um, we don't have a car payment right now, so but. You know, unfortunately, that can't last forever. Yeah. Um, so trying to set up some money aside to uh, to purchase a car in the future, and that was actually a question I had for you too on vehicles. I wondered if you had a theory on vehicle replacement. Well, I can tell you what I personally do. Uh, whether that's good or not, I don't know. But I can tell you, <laughs> I tend to buy pre-existing owned vehicles with cash. That's what I do. They're usually four to five years old by the time I buy them. They've got less than 50,000 miles on them, and I drive them for eight to 10 years. And that, that was my question. I didn't know if you thought uh, once, once, once you buy the vehicle, because um, my wife is an 07. Um, mine's even older than that, but I, I don't have to drive it very often. Um, but I wondered if your theory was uh, buy them, use, and then drive them, you know, until they're worth close to nothing. Or do you, you know, 
try to uh, buy them and then, you know, keep them for a shorter period of time and then try to use what you've saved up combined with the value of that vehicle to move up to a, you know, nicer vehicle. Yeah, I think the last time I did that whole thing, I think I was able to get, oh man, now I got to think about this, five to $6,000 out of the car I was quote unquote trading in or selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but again, I, you know, what I do isn't necessarily perfect in that regard. Uh, yeah, I, I don't spend a lot of money on cars. Like I just don't care. So, uh, it sounds like we, we somewhat agree there. Uh, some people put themselves in a jam where they create these scenarios in which, well, I better trade it in now before it goes down to nothing. Um, but then they, they sort of move their timeline up for no particular reason when there's still a lot of value to be had out of the car that you're trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So would, would you say other than college retirement, you're, you're, and obviously you have your emergencies funded, that car purchases are the sort of the next major step in your financial life of the next uh, category of which you could need a lot of money to, to satisfy? Yeah, um, that, and we need to do a couple things to the house, and they're not uh, as expensive as a car, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a few thousand dollars. Now, how much money is that, that half income that we keep speaking of your wife's? Like, it is a full income, but maybe it's part-time. I don't, you know, how, how much of an income is that? Um, I think last year... Um, I think last year it was around uh, seventeen or eighteen thousand. Okay, is that pre-tax seventeen, eighteen thousand? Um, that's after tax. Okay, so I mean, that's a good amount of money to fund a goal. I I gotta say, of everything we've talked about, I always like to think of it in terms of the next dollar in your house. What should it do? And based on what you've mm-hmm. told me the next dollar into your house should fund college. And that's my opinion. I, I think that 50, although having $45,000 set aside for college uh, for the three kids total is great. It's not enough. And so it, right. it is sort of the bird that's chirping that needs the worm. I mean, I, I would, I would put every, that's the default. I would put every extra dime towards that. I mean, frankly, that's what I'm personally doing with my own kids college money as well is that, it is mm-hmm. the the primary goal which is not funded which needs funded right and now with a with a 529 account um from what i understand there's no limit to the amount you can put in per year is that correct um there is a $55,000 uh per year limit the way i understand it oh you hear that little ding on my phone that doesn't mean our time's up i don't know why that ding uh $55,000 a year but uh i believe you live in the same state i live in which is indiana which is to suggest that the tax credit max is putting in $5,000 will maxes out your tax credit at $1,000 so right. um but I put a I put in a hell of a lot more than five thousand dollars a year. You just can't put any more than fifty five thousand dollars a year into it. And then is there is there's a maximum ceiling on it though? Isn't it like two hundred grand or something like that per account? Uh, let's look. I, I I don't I don't believe so. Uh, we're looking. Not we're, that I, not that I'm going to hit that. But is there? I mean, is hypothetically, you know, if we were to just put as much as we could towards this 
is there a period of time? Is there is there a number where we would where we would stop? Um, yes. Because I know there's I know there's penalties um, if you try to withdraw the money and not use it towards college. Well, here's what I, I I don't yeah. think I think the likelihood of it happening is extremely low. But um, you know I I would want to stop before we put too much in. No, that's that's fair. I mean, but the other thing people do is. Um, that you would then try to max out Roth IRAs if you can, because that way uh, for you and your wife, if you're able to contribute based on your income, because then you can use those for college. And if for some reason the kids don't go to school, then you can keep them for yourselves and there's no penalty. Right. So that's another, I mean, do you qualify to put money into Roth or do you make too much? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing that. Okay. That's actually where a majority of our, uh, that's where a majority of our retirement is. Oh, see, great. I mean, in, which, again, you think about the retirement problem is you're trying to fund a 30 to 40 year period. So I don't love Roth for college planning because then it takes away your opportunity to effectively fund retirement. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 529 thing, it's always a it's always an interesting point of, well, I don't want too much in there in case my kids don't go to school and then we're in trouble. Well, you're just paying taxes on the gains um, of the money. So it's not, it's not a, a tremendous penalty per se. Um, well, I thought, I thought there was a penalty as well, I guess. Well, I, I think the bigger issue is as your kids get closer to college and you look at your balances and you understand, um, their path, the, the bigger issue is, by the way, there is a 10% penalty as well. Um, I didn't want to forget to say that, uh, it's that you would just bear back or pull back the the contributions. You would not put as much towards it. For for my wife and I, we our mortgage will be paid off right when my daughter goes to college. So we're trying to effectively fund fund the five twenty nine, but leave enough of a a margin that then we can fund the rest of her college via cash flow. You know, on a monthly via basis. Via cash flow with the money that would have been going towards the house. Yeah, and a good way to do that is a to to structure your mortgage that way, and b is to be so aggressive with your five twenty nines up until their college age that when by no longer contributing to the five twenty nine, you create this margin that can then cash flow the education. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, so what else? I, no, I, if I'm you again, I, the focus turns to college. But w- what else uh, can I answer for you? having trouble coming up with something else well you don't have to make anything up i mean there's no need for that <laughs> um when uh do you have a do you have a specific number for um we're hoping that um she can go full-time here um within the next within the next year or so um where do you see us where, where do you see us needing to be as far as using her income towards um, towards retirement. I, I don't think you have a retirement issue whatsoever. I mean, it, I mean, if you want to retire at 50, yes, then you need to put it towards retirement. But if you're trying to retire in your mm-hmm. mid-60s, based on the numbers you gave me at your current pace, you're fine. You're going to have $5.3 million by the time you're 67, um, which should be fine. I, I, I can't, um, unless you want to move up retirement t- date, I would not put a lot more towards retirement. But if you do okay. want to retire when you're 55 or so, then by all means, um, 
you know, do that math here. You would have, you'll have 1.9 million when you're 55, which is probably not enough to retire on because a majority of that will be in tax qualified vehicles, which you can't easily access. Access at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. And we're relying on a smaller amount of money for a longer period of time. I, yeah, that's the way I view it. That's the tough thing. Um, when you have three kids that are so close in age, they're, this sounds weird, but there are consequences to that. There are economic consequences. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's that you can't retire in your mid-50s unless you have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so with her, with her uh, new, if she's able to go full-time, um, is there, I mean, is there, uh, is there a number as far as percentage-wise or, or dollar-wise? Um that I should shoot for, just use the, just estimate their college based on the seven or eight percent that it's been uh, increasing by over the last few years. I think so. I mean, that's the that that is one of the big unknowns. I mean, if we're going to go at six to seven percent inflation over the next um, uh, nine years or eight years for your kid or ten years, I should say for your kids. I mean, you're going to come up with some ridiculous number of like a total of $250,000 per education or something like that. Right. Yeah, um, it's huge. Um, but the, here's the good news, and not to oversimplify this any more than I already have, but you're at 15000 per child, and we think you're going to have to be at 250000 per child. This doesn't become a overfunding problem for quite some time. Right. A long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, if she goes from 17000 to 34000 great. And the more of that that can go to solve your problem that you're going to have 10 years from now, great. But I don't think you're going to have an overfunding problem. And I'll also say this. You guys are 38. You're going to be 48 when your kids... Gosh, that's crazy to think about, isn't it? When your kids go to college, uh, from, from all the research we've done here at our offices, your late 40s to your early 50s are far and away the hardest years of your financial life and no one sees it coming. So if you at least recognize that and plan for that, it'll be much easier on you than it is for other people. Right. Cause you've got the double crunch of the kids being in college and, and, and the impending retirement. Yeah. And you're running out of time and, and with your situation, there's no double crunch. There's like quadruple crunch. Cause you've got the, you've got a thousand children. Yeah. Or three. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like once you get more than two, it seems like a thousand. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they told us uh, when we had the third, they said, you realize you've, you've committed the cardinal sin. There's now more of them than there are of you. Yeah, it's the you play zone now. No more man to man. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, anything else? Not that I can think of right now. All right. Well, we like I, a- wish, I wish I could think of something else, but I'm drawing a blank. No, so am I. Uh, so if you have any uh, updates you want to send us, by all means, just shoot them to my email address and we will update the audience. But uh, I thank you for letting us uh, dig inside your financial life. All right, thanks. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning the flights. Consult 
Avengel Divisor. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, this I Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? Uh,